Now, talk about the power in prayer. Would you say a, a word about that? Yeah, there, there is, um, you know, a power in God's. And this actually season, I feel like the Lord is saying, you know, we've, we've really gone after the presence of God. We've already gone after the perspective of God. But really, I feel like the Lord says, ask for my power more. We haven't, I haven't, and I'm guilty of this. I haven't been asking him for healing as much as I need to. Um, part of that is the fact that we're COVID in COVID season. I'm not seeing people one-on-one. -on -one. It's that yeah. during those times where I ask people how they're doing, they might tell me that they have a need for, for healing or a need for a job or need for something. And I'll, I'll pray right at that moment. I said, let's pray for the power of God right now. And so because we're not having those moments, we haven't been pray praying for the power of God um, as recently, you know, but um, you know, I, I'm, I'll give you an example. We, we had um, a young, young couple, young pastoral couple who um, we had met in the last couple of years, a couple of years ago, they, they came to speak at a, at a retreat that I was planning. We, we started up a relationship. Um, they, were in, they were referred to us, to me, through another couple, a, a, a pastoral couple in the West Coast who live in San Francisco. And um, they had a, a issue with um, housing. Um, people who know about housing in the West, any, it's crazy where we live. It's even worse in California right. in the San right. Francisco area. They said you can't buy anything for under seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars over there. Long story short, that couple in California were here with us. They said we have we've been looking for five, six years. They're two pastors, uh, work at the same church. They're not making the money that these Silicon Valley engineers are making and stuff. They said, Richard, can you pray for us? Because we see that there's uh, we'd like for you to pray for us. So my wife and I. We prayed for them. We prayed and we said, we felt like as we were praying and we prayed for about an hour, hour and a half with them, we worshiped, we prayed, we invited the presence of God, said, God, what are you thinking about their housing? We want to invite your perspective. We don't want to do this on our own, chasing our own tails. We know you are the God of the universe. We even, I adore God of the God of the, of the, of, uh, the, the great realtor God. He was the one who led the Israelites to the promised land. Mm. He was the one who had a, a land ready for them. Says, this is the land I have ready for you. God, you are the real, you have a home for us. So we started to adore and I felt like, and you know, you know, we've been doing this for 20 years. So we just felt like, you know what? I think in the next 12 months, the Lord is going to give you a new home. And I just encouraged them with that. I said, I don't know if it's wrong. I apologize. I, you know, they're very gracious friends. And they said, we're going to take that in faith. Well, 10 months later, they bought, bought them ho their home. And it had wow. been 10 years they were looking. So we see the power of God to break through. So we, they re refer this other young, very young couple to us. And they came out there. They're speaking at this retreat. Afterward, they said, Richard, we heard that you prayed for these guys for a new home. We're looking for a new home. And I said, I, I'm, not, I'm not praying for homes. I'm just praying for a new perspective of God. <laughs> don't come, please don't come and say, Richard, pray for new homes. I'm just asking God to, 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 to um, insert himself into our situation. The Lord is, you know, there's that, that verse where Jesus says, surely I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. And if you open the door, I'll come in. The Lord is not never trying to burst in through the door, burst into our situation. He always patiently waits for the invitation of his children to invite the presence of God into a situation and say, God, we need you to be a part of this situation. So we pray for this other couple. This other couple was asking for um, prayer for their new home. We pray they're in our home. We're praying with them. But we didn't get anything about prayer for uh, a new house for them. In fact, for them, uh, you know, we, you know, we're praying. And I said to them, I said, I said, I felt like as we were praying, and again, it was an hour, hour and a half of worshiping, and we just loved it. It wasn't, it's not like we're just going through this motions to get an right. answer. 
but we just love spending time. They were lovers of God's presence. And all that to say, I encouraged them. I said, I think there's going to be some major, major situations with your jobs at your church. I think the Lord is saying to you that he wants to be involved in this next phase of your life. It's not a, fa- it's not a stage for you to find a home. It's a stage for you to find the dream in God's heart for yourselves. Three months later, he calls and he says, I just got fired from my job, my wife and I. They were at this church for over, I think it was over five years. And so mm-hmm. that night we're praying, I said, there's going to be a change. And he calls, he said, I, I thought of you immediately. Can you pray with us? We were on this journey with them. The power of God comes so powerful. You know, people would be like, he was excited because if he, he knew from that prayer meeting, he got a perspective from God at that prayer meeting where he said, the Lord is going to do something to change the dreams of your heart. He goes on from the, at that point to start a new church and he just, I, we actually spoke to him last week. He and his wife, we were praying with them. They are on this adventure right now. They have started a new church. They started these new ministries. They are growing. It was a potentially scary time, but the Lord comes in his power. And, you know, he just did an unbelievable work. And he just thanks us. He's, it's, we are, we're fortunate in that we get to be a part of people's testimonies and how God breaks through. One last one, we, there was a couple at our church who had had young couple they had had probably something like six or seven miscarriages. They couldn't have a baby. And their, their doctors were saying that the, it was difficult. There was um, some, some issues and, and hope was lost. I, I remember the husband saying, and this young guy is probably like 27, 28, and he's in tears. He says to us at church, he goes, uh, there's a few of us that are praying, they're going to pray for him. And he says, I don't know what to do as a husband anymore. I don't know how his heart's breaking, his wife's heart's breaking, six miscarriages. I remember we came over to pray for them. I remember there was a couple other people, our pastors, and we prayed for them. And I remember that my pastor at that time looks them in the eye. We pray, Five minute prayer, five minutes. He looks them in the eye and he says, this time next year, you'll have a baby in your arms. Hmm. And um, it was, it's from the passage of Abraham when God speaks to Abraham and Sarah and says, this time next year, you'll have a baby. I look at my pastor at the time and I said, how can you say that? How can you say that they're going to have a baby next year? You know, that's, that's babies. I mean, that's so close to the heart. If that doesn't yeah. happen, that is really harsh. We had rules, no dates, mates, and babies. No, it doesn't matter if the angel of the Lord came to you like Mary and said, you're probably, we don't ever say anything about dates, mates, and babies, but he's like, I know what I know. And I felt like the Lord said that. And sure enough, one year from that point, they had a baby, baby boy in their arms huh. and they attest. They're like, this is a, this is a powerful miracle. And we've seen other things like that, but there is a power in God that we can ask for, not as servants, not as strangers, but as sons and daughters, we can come before God and say, God, we need to see a miracle. We need to see your power released in this situation here. So, yes. That's, that's awesome. Let, let me, this power thing is, um, everybody wants to access the power of God. I mean, who doesn't want the power of God, especially when we're in desperation, like for a baby or a house or somebody's ill. Um, and I, I almost feel like it should be um, presence, perspective, power. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to confess here in front of everybody that I, as a pastor for 30 years, I've been asked to pray over people who uh, are ill, right? Some of them are dying. You know, would you pray for my loved one? Would you pray for me? I've got cancer, whatever it is. And there's always this check in my spirit. I'm not confessing this because I'm proud of it. I'm just confessing it that that I believe completely in a God, a supernatural God who is able to heal instantly. Um, 
But I also know that we are not all going to be healed in this life in the, in the sense that, you know, God's, we're going to die. We are, we're, these, this life is coming to an end. Either Jesus is going to come back or we're all going to pass into the next life. Um, and so how do you, I, I don't think I'm the only person that struggles with that, that request, that, that, that idea of, I want God to heal but I'm almost, I, I want to say almost afraid to ask because I don't want to set up the wrong expectation. How do you navigate that? Do you ask for God's perspective first? You know, there are passages in the scripture. I think even when, um, uh, who was it that was going into the temple? Was it Peter and John were going into the temple and there was a man there and it says they saw that he had faith to be healed. Almost like God said, let me have you my, let me give you my perspective. There's something here I want to do. And so they, they experienced that. Talk a little bit about that, either or both of you, doesn't matter to me, uh, about that that idea of how do you make sure that we're, because I've known you long enough to know you're not name it and claim it people. You're not, you know, you're not just saying, hey, because we said it, it's going to happen. No. Yeah. But you also believe richly in the power of God for healing and in miraculous healing today, miraculous events today. I, I, I And I agree with you on that. H- how do you navigate that? especially with other people. Mir- miracles are still called miracles for a reason. They are rare. Um, and I'm talking about miracles where it's like undeniable, God did it. It's the person who's dying with stage four cancer and they get healed. It, it is a still a miracle. We, I would say, and I, I, I think we talked about this. I mean, we, we're still seeing 95%, I don't know what the number is, probably higher than that of people when we pray for them, we are not seeing the outcome. We are not seeing the miracle that we long for. But I know a couple of things. I know, number one, that every person that ever approached Jesus when he was on the earth was healed. There was mm. never somebody that, that, he, that came to him with a need for healing and he didn't heal. Therefore, I know that God's will is that everyone be healed. Now, whether that's going to happen on this side of heaven or not, we, 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 you know, we don't know. And you're absolutely right. Most of us are not going to get healed, not because God doesn't care. I think that's what my first point is, is that God wants everyone to be healed. That is his, his nature, that he doesn't want anyone you know, struggling with sickness, disease, and illness, or poverty, or whatever the situation that we're praying for. Number two, it's the understanding that though God wants everyone to be healed, there is a, a complex situation going on, right? The disciples talked about this thing called faith. Does, is it when someone gets sick? Is it the is it the because of the sin of the son? Is it the sin of the parents? Right? Is when someone gets healed? Right? Jesus talked about what there was that demon possessed person, and uh, the disciples couldn't do anything about it. And Jesus came and 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 then cast out the demon. The disciples came later and said, "Why could we not cast it out?" And and Jesus said, "This demon or this situation required much fasting and prayer." Right? right? And so there's this complicated situation where it says. You know, people get healed or people to make a more general thing and not just healing, but faith, like for a miracle to happen, right? Heaven uses this uh, this understanding of faith, that faith is important, but whose faith is important? Is it the faith of the healer? Jesus went into cities. Certainly Jesus had faith. Jesus is the son of God. He has the power. He's got the presence. He's got the perspective. He's got everything. But he went into cities and it said that he couldn't do much. Right. Because they had no faith. Right. So then it's like, oh, it's the faith of the person who needs a miracle. But then you see the the par- the par- uh, the not the parable, the story of the, the quadriplegic who got lowered through the friend's roof. And in there, Jesus says, no, it's the faith of the friends. Right. This person. So there's a lot of situations going. And I always say this. I always, whenever I pray, I always say, God, you're the, you're the smartest person in the room and I'm the dumbest person in the room. 
And I just, I'm going to leave it up to you. Yeah. Like we pray as if God is going to heal. We pray with the full expectation of God being healed. But I also understand that if this person doesn't get healed, it's not because God didn't want them to get healed. It's not because we didn't want them to get healed. It's just a invitation for us to continue to pray, continue to break through. So that's just kind of my two cents in that. Um, I think Richard is such a good teacher in that he can kind of lay that out and give the scripture. I'll give you the super personal perspective that I that I went through, and, and Richard did also. Uh, when my mom was very ill and 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 she was going to pass, um, you know, we prayed and we and we felt like no. I did. I felt like the Lord said, I'm going to heal her. She'll be healed on this side of heaven. And that's where you kind of see the personal investment and the personal, you know, skin that you have in the game impacting the way you're praying. Right. Yeah. So she doesn't get healed. And even on the day of her funeral, as she's laying in the casket, even then I'm like, no, God, you can, you can do it. Even now you can raise her up. I, Lazarus, you then you're just kind of saying these things. Um, but it doesn't happen. And I know now she's in heaven and I know now she was fully healed, but there was a, a side of disappointment and there's a side of expectation that doesn't get met. And so what that taught me was healing is not the end goal mm. at that, at when that happened, that season and the year after that, when you're grieving and you're just railing at God and walking away, right. Um, the Lord comes and he says, you know, um, I, I want to build your faith. And yeah. in this instance, for me, this is the way he chose to do it. It was with my mom passing and not being healed and him asking me, do you still trust me? Do you still believe I'm good? And that was that purpose for that season. So I, I think at the end of the day, whether the person gets healed or they don't get healed, the question always comes back to, isn't he good? Yeah. We can answer that. Then. And boy, Jenny, thank you so much for saying that. And I agree with you, Richard, you are an amazing teacher. Uh, I, I would say this, you know, Paul pleaded for that thorn and God said, I'm not going to remove the thorn because I want to teach you how to be weak in my presence. I want you to see how strong I am, even in your weakness. And I think like a lot of us, um, Paul wanted to be strong in and of himself. He didn't want to have to feel weak. And, and God, I think uh, in his wisdom said, yeah, but I want people to see my strength through you and they're going to see it better through your weakness. So, so part of what I think the adventure of praying is, I think we can say with absolute certainty that God answers prayers, that we can say with absolute certainty, God is always a good God. That doesn't mean we're not going to be disappointed, but I think we've got to ask ourselves, this kind of leads into the perspective part, what are you trying to teach me here? What, what is the good you're really trying to bring out of this? Because, um, I mean, this I don't mean this to be cavalier, but the reality in my understanding is the moment after my death and I experience the realities of face-to-face -face God, heaven, and, and all of the fullness of of life after death, I'm not going to be going, dang it, I wish somebody would have prayed for me to be healed. I'm going to be saying, oh my goodness, 
This is where I want to be. Even, even with the separation, somehow, I don't understand this, heaven is able to be able to dry up all tears. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anguishing in, we miss that person. We've got to grieve. But so there's a part of that where, you know, the, the prayers for your mom and the desperation not to lose her, which I totally understand, had the same experience with my dad, ends up teaching us something, drawing us closer to God, and blessing our parents as well, because we just have to believe that they're with the presence of God, they're in the presence of God. And so it's not easy. That's not a, it's not a simple answer. And I think that the, there are times when people want this to be, and I love what you said earlier, Richard, about this is complex. And I loved your descriptions about the faith. Is it the faith of the healer? Is it the faith of the people? Is it the faith of the prayer? You know, James says, basically bring your, your uh, sick and, and injured and hurting and ill to the elders and their faith will be the healing. And so faith, we know this, faith is required and God wants to build our faith because it's impossible to please him without faith. And so God wants us to be people of faith. Richard, you're dying to say something. I want you to say it. Oh, well, I was going to say this and I wanted to, uh, um, and this is, I think what Ginny's talking about is absolutely true. I've had, we, we, we both have testimonials of people who we really wanted to get healed and didn't get, receive that healing and just being super crushed. I think crushed is probably the right word, super crushed. It's personal when you pray for people, they don't get healed. But there is one hope and it's a great hope. And it's this, is that if, you know, if a person gets healed, wonderful. If they don't get healed, when we pray every time, if we are faithful in prayer, I know this much is true. If we are faithful in praying and we prayed for years for people to receive a miracle, we're not talking a one-time deal. We invested years of our time praying and we're still praying for people. I know this is that when we're faithful in prayer, I know that the greatest possible outcome will come forth. Sometimes healing is not the greatest possible outcome. I'll give That's you an example, two quick examples. When I prayed for my father, my father was diagnosed with a neurological disease. I remember the doctors told me that he's got less than three, three days to live, four days to live. And I remember praying, I said, God, are you going to heal him? Are you going to heal him? Are you going to heal him? You know, we need healing. He's going to die. He wasn't a, a believer. For, for 60 years of his life, uh, 40 years of his adult life, he had gone to church, but he's never put his faith in Jesus. He's gone as a cultural, culturally, he went. Uh, he went for the sake of the fact that almost every Korean goes to church, it seems like. But he did never gave his life over to God. Never, his life was never transformed. Never seen the man pray. Never seen him read the word. Never, never, right? So um, his a lot of issues in his life and stuff. And he's now about to die. And I've been praying for salvation for years from him. And I said, are you going to heal him? And I felt like the Lord says, I'm not going to heal him. Wow. And I felt like the Lord said, and this is, you know, you know, people who know me might understand, people who don't know me, they're be like, this is really weird. But as I'm praying for him, as my wife and I are both praying and we're fasting, we felt like the Lord says, don't pray for healing. He says, mm -hmm. instead, pray for my will to be done. And that's what Jesus, he says, pray, you know, Father, let your will be done on earth. Yeah. as it is. So I said, Why? And he says, because I'm going to bring forth a greater miracle than healing for your father. And I said, I, I don't understand. And he says, your father will, I'm going to give him another opportunity to receive my love. Wow. And so my father didn't pass away in five days. He actually took, it was another year, but something happened. And I shared the story with our Oakdale family a little bit in the outdoor service, but a miracle happened where the seven missionaries from Korea come. 
They don't know why they're there. I spoke to them. I said, why are you here? They said, we don't know. We just felt called by God. They're doing a two-week revival, evangelical revival services over in this mountain prayer house. My mother takes my father out of the, uh, the hospital. He's in the hospital for this entire year. Takes them. He's been to a thousand of these types of revivals, thousands of these types of uh, uh, meetings. He goes, the, a woman is on the pulpit, looks my father, there's about a hundred people in the room, looks my father in the eye and says, tonight is your last opportunity to receive the Lord. He goes ahead and receives God. He's on the ground weeping, 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 weeping. And then something like three days later or five days later, my father passes away. Wow. And the Lord shows me in that, he says, did you want the healing or did you want the salvation? And you remember with the quadriplegic, quadriplegic um, the Lord says, your sins are forgiven. And right. they're like, we, why aren't you praying for his healing? Yeah. And the Lord shows us at that moment. He says, which is more difficult? Salvation is the end goal. Yeah. You know, and there's been a lot of situations where we're looking for power. And that's why the Lord said, he says, always seek out the presence, perspective, and power. Because if you're always looking for power and we don't, and we see a lack of the healing, then we just think that God's not good or God's uncaring. We need to know his perspective and say, God, and we can, we, you know, Jesus looked at us and he says, you're not my servants. You're not strangers. You're my friends. Right. Says, That's why I'm going to tell you my plans. That's so and good. And Abraham comes to, uh, God comes to Abraham and they're about to go ahead and see what's going on with Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember? And then he says, is Abraham not my friend? Do I not share my feelings with them? And he said to the angels, go on ahead. Let me tell Abraham of why I'm here. There's this invitation for God to say, sometimes I want the power is good. But he says, many times it's the perspective that you need to yeah. understand the season, that, to understand what the Lord is doing. And for a lot of people, they, 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 we always want what you were saying. We always want that power. We always want the healing. We want the, you know, but Lord, the Lord, I know that if we are faithful to continue to ask him to interject, if we're faithful in saying, God, let your will be done, then I know for a fact that the greatest outcome will come forth in this situation. It may be salvation. It may be healing. It may be unification of a family. There have been many things that have happened where the Lord said, I had something better than healing for you. Not to say that healing isn't important to God, but the Lord is looking at the bigger picture, which is bringing all people towards him. That's so good. Richard, that is so good. All right. You're, people are going to have to listen to this four times to get out of the, because of the, there's so much here. I'm not kidding you. This is just amazing. We are, we are running probably longer than, than some people would uh, have patience for, but I want to ask you guys just in, in kind of closing for a few minutes, talk to us about how the, you do this as a family. You, these, these folks have three kids, a beautiful daughter and two amazing sons. Um, remind us of their ages, and then how do you how do you live out a life of prayer as a family? Would you talk about that? Um, I'll start. Yeah. So we have a seventh grade daughter, a fifth grade son, and a first grade son. And um, every night, I would say every night, Richard and I are so thankful that God has put us on this journey so that we can help our kids on their journey. Like yeah. you heard his story about how he was a middle schooler. You heard my story being tortured with 45 minutes of Korean prayer as a kid. And yet our kids have such a different perspective of what prayer can be, how it can yeah. be fun, enjoyable as a family. So we, we, we did, we, we took them to the prayer meetings. We said, this is, this is where we're, this is home. This is yeah. where we're comfortable. And even now on zoom, you know, you see the wonderful people who come and then you see our little kids there because they know this is not just expected. This is where, 
the presence of God is. You know, this yeah. is where the power of God is. This is where you get a new perspective. And yeah, they're they're little and they goof around, but but we're starting them on this journey. Um, I would just say, you know, I was humbled recently because my daughter, um, you know, she was like, "Mommy, I'm really trying. I really want to meet with God. Um, I just can't seem to do it. The day goes by." So then I, I go to her room one day and she has a sticky note on the wall and it says, meet with God now before you get out of bed. Don't even brush your teeth. And I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, the Lord is calling her and wow. he's giving her these strategies of what to do. I didn't tell her to do that. She just wrote that and, and she realized for herself, that's how she will make this a priority. So anyway, all that to say, I, I'm gonna give Richard a lot of credit He's been raising our kids up with worship music and teaching them how to use worship music as, as, as a way to love God, as a way to pray. Um, but adoration prayer, and I talked about this in our last video with you, Pastor Kevin, we walked them through the ABCs of prayer when they started learning the ABCs. Wow. You know? and, and that was just a wonderful tool to help kids. And their words are not going to be super flowy or impressive. It'll be, God, you are G, good. Yeah. And that's okay. Right. That's okay. Well, uh, absolutely. Everything my wife said, you know, we, our kids, we've never forced them to be a part of prayer meeting. We, we invite them and they can do whatever they want to do, but they always come on and they enjoy it. One thing that I, I found that was immensely helpful, and this is where going back to 20 years ago of why there was a strategic change and what the Lord was doing was he brought mentors and people that we can look to who modeled what prayer looks oh, like. That's so good. Yes. So for us, um, one thing that I do with my kids, cause you know, I tell my, my wife, I said, we have them for a short window. And after this, when they move out there, that's their own feature and we'll always be there to help them, but we have a short time. So when we have family prayer meetings and we invite the kids to come and we pray with them, it's very important. And I do this with our, whether I'm meeting with our young adults, we had 20, 30, 40 young adults that we would meet with, with prayer meetings. We, Every time we meet with a group of people in person, what we would say is we want to give God an opportunity to walk into the room and touch our hearts. We want to give God an opportunity to say something. We want God an opportunity. We don't want to pray as if God's not in the room. So when my kids were little, I would do this with them. I would, we would pray. We'd worship. We'd pray. We'd lead them in the prayer. We'd go around. We'd incorporate them. And then I'd say, we're going to give God five minutes to say whatever he wants to say to each of our hearts. We're just going to be quiet for five minutes. And so I remember we would go ahead and we would do that and the Lord would meet us. Wow. We would have, I remember my 10 year old, we were one time, it was Christmas and we were saying, hey, should we do something for Oakdale staff members? My wife is, is part of staff at Oakdale and said, hey, should we do something for Oakdale staff members for Christmas? And they were like, hey, we should do this and we should do that. I said, let's give God an opportunity to speak. Let's take five mm -hmm. minutes, we stopped. And I said, okay, let's go ahead and let's share. My 10 year old, at the time, I think he was eight, he starts crying. And I said, what's going on? He says, I don't know what's happening right now. And I said, the Lord is touching you. And I said, let's wait. It's okay. We don't have to rush this. And he's crying and he's crying and he's crying, crying. And I said, what are you feeling? And he said, I felt like when we were praying and we gave God five minutes that God wanted us to make cookies for everybody. And on a small little index card, tell them each how much he loves them and what they mean to him. Wow. And I said, huh? And he said, I don't, it, it, I didn't, I just kicked that thought popped into my head, but then I started crying and I said, you're crying. It happens to me also. When we feel tears, it's a sign of the Holy Spirit moving. And he's been addicted to prayer ever since. 
ever since that he's like, let's go back to pray. Let's go ask God. And I think that's one of the things that I would encourage people that if you are wanting to live a life of prayer, get connected with a group, with a with a, a couple, a person that you know is already living a life of prayer. Get yourself connected. Like the way I did, I would meet, I would pay big money to fly out there to Kansas City. Can I just spend a weekend with you, two days with you? Just, I'd buy them expensive meals. That's just anything I can do to come around you guys. And I would just experience the presence of God because of these men of prayer. You know, wow. we I cry like babies. And so it's one of the things that we can do for our families is invite God to touch them so that they yeah. start their own faith journey. It's one of the things we can do for ourselves to seek that out so that our faith journey, when we try to do it by ourselves, it's too difficult. We quit too easily, yeah. you know, so. Oh my gosh, I... Uh, I, at the end, I'll have our, our editors put your address and phone number on, and I'm gonna and emails. I'm gonna have everybody going to you because they're gonna go. Hey, Kevin, can you uh, can you get us funneled into uh, Richard and Jenny? Thank you guys so much for taking out uh, this amount of time. If you want to know more about uh, about prayer, you can join us at Oakdale Church. But I, I'm telling you, we're we're just trying to help. The, the Lord wants to meet with his people. And, uh, and you can hear how beautiful it is through the stories of Richard and Jenny, how beautiful it is for family, how beautiful it is for a church. And uh, we've got a long way to go as a church. Let me just tell you this. Richard and Jenny have a lot of work to do with us, but they are doing amazing. They are doing amazing work. Uh, I, I look forward to our worship services at Oakdale just becoming that kind of thing where we can be modeling what, what a life of prayer and an experience of prayer. I cannot thank you both enough. You are such a blessing to me and my family. Thank you for this time. And uh, I'm gonna have you back. We're gonna talk about some more things with you, but thanks for giving me time today. Thank you guys. Thank All you, right. Pastor Kevin. Bless you guys.